This episode of the Airline Weekly Lounge is sponsored by IATA Training. More than 1 million students have boosted their aviation careers with them. Visit www.iata.org training to discover how they can help your aviation career. That's iata.org training. Few airlines in the world have faced such severe political problems as Turkish Airlines has in recent years, and even fewer have rebounded so quickly. To be sure, things at Turkish are not as rosy as they once were, but you might find it surprising to hear things are a lot better than just a year ago. After suffering a terrorist attack on its home airport, an attempted military coup, not to mention ongoing violence in neighboring Iraq and Syria, the airline lost $200 million at the operating level in the second quarter last year. But fast forward to this year, Year and things are much better. In the second quarter, 5% operating margin. That's positive 5%. Revenues up 7% and operating costs down 7%. How did they do it? Don't answer that yet, Seth. I'm Jason Cottrell, Vice President of Airline Weekly, and joining me is the Han Solo to my Chewbacca, Seth Kaplan, Managing <laughs> Partner of Airline Weekly. We're going to start the show with what looks like the makings of a tremendous turnaround in Turkey. We're also going to talk about how Korean Air and Asiana are coping with being caught in some heavy political crossfire. Lufthansa is enjoying a banner year. Air France KLM is doing better, and IAG is doing great. But Ryanair still remains the class of the European continent. It's all coming up in the Airline Weekly Lounge. Thanks for joining us. We're tackling a happy topic today. Cue the ACDC music because Turkish Airlines is back in black. (laughs) Yeah, I knew you'd go there. (laughs) The airline lost 300 million for the year in 2016, but in the second quarter, post in the second quarter, just in 2017, posted a reasonable profit. Seth, first question Do they have a shot at posting an annual profit for 2017? They do. Remarkable in in the context of of what you described for them. Yeah, just just kind of, uh, you know, looking quickly at the numbers, um, if if you piece it together, I mean, that you mentioned $300 million uh, net loss in 2016 second quarter. Uh, that compares to um, I just lost my place here. Uh, looking at our little trustee spreadsheet, uh, you know, 160 million dollar profit this time. And so, if you sort of uh, you know project forward, um, uh, you know, the third quarter, for example, last year they actually uh, you know made, made a little bit of money in, in what's always a very profitable quarter. But two years ago, they they earned more than half a billion dollars in the third quarter. So, uh, yeah, there, there's still a lot left of the year. And if they continue making the kind of improvement that they made in the uh, second quarter, they could indeed uh, be profitable for all of 2017. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, what are they doing to turn things around? Uh, well, I mean, look, the, the the environment has stabilized. That that's that that that's helpful. It's 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 still way. I mean, if you're talking about inbound tourism, still way off. Uh, you know what it once was. You know, I think there's no longer the sense, at least among travelers, that you know things are continuing to deteriorate. So you've had a rebound in tur- uh, tourism from Russia, for example, a very important uh, source market for uh, Turkey. Germans uh, still largely staying away. 
But, uh, you know, beyond that, then the airline has done, uh, has controlled what it can. Uh, you know, first of all, it stopped growing. In fact, it, 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 it uncharacteristically uh, was shrinking by as much at one point uh, very early this year as, uh, you know, 8% uh, in terms of ASK capacity in the, in the first quarter. Uh, and, you know, we've seen around the world what, you know, shrinking capacity can do for an airline that, uh, you know, that has, that has unit revenue issues. Uh, you know, they didn't really uh, shrink their footprint, but in in, case, in many cases, sort of tactically reducing uh, capacity, um, and in others, and kind of reallocating it very tactically uh, into places where it can do well. Um, the the do do you know, for example, Jason, what Turkish is, what Turkish Airlines' um, busiest airport outside of Turkey is? I do not. It's Tel Aviv, Israel, um, and that's been that's become a huge part of their business. To, uh, tourism to Israel is, is absolutely booming. Uh, Turkish very well positioned uh, to to uh, meet that demand position you know, geographically. Um, and you know, here's where they're different from the Gulf carriers. The Arabian Gulf carriers don't serve Israel at all for political reasons. So Turkish is sending, you know, some of those narr- those wide body aircraft that they're maybe not sending as frequently to uh, to various places around the world. Uh, they're sending them on that short flight. Uh, I don't know, eight nine times a day into uh, into Tel Aviv, um, and so yeah, just kind of moving pieces uh, around the chessboard to where the demand is. Um, sixth freedom traffic. So those are people you know connecting in Istanbul. Uh, between two other countries uh, has become even more important for them uh, because those are people who typically you know, look. There was that problem, there was that the deadly attack at at, at the at, at kind of the entrance to Istanbul's airport last year. But you know, having said that, typically that's not as sensitive to some of the. I mean, I, I connected in Istanbul a few months ago. You know, it, it, you know that's this kind of thing that even people who maybe aren't willing to visit Turkey at a moment in time would be. Uh, willing to to connect there, so uh, you know, so so look, they've they they're they're filling their flights that way still, um, and and even uh, you know, currency issues, the weak lira, you know, in general, a weak local currency is is not helpful uh for for an airline, but in this case, it's actually helped them lower their labor costs so much in dollar terms, uh, you know, because you're if you're paying somebody the same that you were in in, in lira, uh, and then the currency weakens, well, now you're paying. You know somebody in Turkey much less. Um, that that too has actually been uh, been very helpful for them. So uh, yeah, it's it's um, uh, th- th- an airline that uh, through a combination of its situation improving and uh, doing the right things in terms of cutting capacity and so forth uh, seems to, although still way off, uh, you know where it once was, um, seems to be making a very uh, clear turnaround. And how do you characterize their outlook going forward? This is an airline that still resides in a very rough neighborhood, so to speak. Yeah, and, and it'll always be exposed to that. I mean, there you look. Some of their exposure is is not. Um, first of all, they have a very big domestic business, uh, so so that's that's one thing that again, you know, sometimes. Twitter's airlines. That's that's kind of tough to categorize. You know, is it? I mean, I mean, look. After all, Istanbul. Well, the side of Istanbul that they that they mainly operate from is is technically in Europe, right? Are they a European airline? Well, they're different, obviously, from uh, from the airlines that operate in Western Europe. You know, they don't compete for all the same kinds of uh, kinds of traffic. Uh, they have much lower costs. You know, different in a lot of ways. Um, but are they very similar to Arabian Gulf Airlines? Well, in some ways, they compete for for a lot of the same traffic flows. But I mentioned the big difference before. You know, the fact that they uh, can and do uh, serve Israel very prol- prolifically. Um, another another one is that those airlines 
have no domestic market essentially uh whereas turkish has a huge domestic market uh you know a country of what about 80 million people um uh so so a huge business flying people within turkey uh and a huge business connecting although i mentioned a lot of sort of international to international connections indeed but a huge business also connecting uh people from abroad is in istanbul to other uh points in turkey that tends to be more uh vfr you know visiting friends and relatives traffic uh which also is is less exposed to uh you know to to the political shocks and so forth uh you know people are are more likely to still go visit their friends and family than are tourists to visit a place that they uh that they consider unstable but yeah no they they are uh, uh clearly on on the right track here uh one of a number of airlines around the world that have that that, that are turning themselves around uh, impressively after after you know facing some uncharacteristic uh shocks i mean another it comes to mind by the way jason you know this week's issue we mentioned copa airlines uh, an airline that's generally among the most profitable airlines in the world fell upon relatively hard times for itself uh you know didn't wasn't losing money like Turkish, but uh, you know, and, and also on the upswing, a number of these airlines, uh, but Turkish uh, certainly as emblematic of that trend as any. Another country with airlines facing some trials and tribulations is South Korea. Korean Air in Ajiana posted reasonable second quarter results, but what was interesting to me was that in the second quarter, they were already feeling some fallout from the political situation involving the U.S., North Korea, and China. Yeah, no talk yet in the second quarter about fire and fury and locked and loaded and all the rest of it, but uh, South Korea already had begun working uh, more closely with the United States, too closely perhaps, uh, in the eyes of China in terms of uh, uh, deciding to install American anti-missile technology uh, intended to to thwart a uh, North Korean attack. But, uh, you know, China perhaps unhappy with that, using uh, what it often uses as a diplomatic lever, and that's that's the, the flow of tourism. It can kind of turn on and off the flow of group tourism to countries in the region. It can and, and, and can do it and does it uh, in places like uh, South Korea, Japan, Vietnam, uh, you know, all countries that uh, have, have suddenly seen Chinese tourists start and stop coming at, at various times. And indeed, uh, this is one of the moments where, you know, even if uh, Japan is you know, more in China's good graces than usual. Yet yeah, South Korea um, has has uh, has suffered for that, and so um, uh, you know it, its airlines, of course, uh, although they have very broad exposure, uh, you know, suffer when China turns off the spigot. Nonetheless, both Asiana and Korean Air had upbeat second quarters. Korean Air's operating profit margin was six percent, up fractionally from the year before. Yeah, and and uh, and that's impressive. Look, uh, cargo rebounded for a Korean Air for most airlines around the world. Uh, uh, the has it, it's rebounded rather dramatically actually uh, from where it was just uh, just a year or two ago for all airlines or for most airlines as i said but uh, for few airlines is it as important as it is for uh, for a korean air uh, cargo uh, you know which which you know for some airlines is is uh, airlines let's say in the us especially almost an afterthought i mean they they carry it. They would rather have uh, cargo doing well than not. But uh, you know, for Korean Air, that's a uh, a very big percentage uh, of its overall business. And um, you know, if you kind of look around the map, you know, 
most parts of the world, most of its geographies, uh, where it operates, uh, improved significantly. Um, you know, European routes, for example, up eighteen uh, percent. So, so this was important too. A year earlier. Uh, a lot of Asian tourists had been avoiding places like Paris, uh, Brussels, uh, after the terrorist attacks in those places, uh, and and that has rebounded. Um, you know, the ASEAN re- region, Southeast Asia, up seventeen percent. Domestic revenues up ten percent. So, so uh, you know, most geographies doing rather well and offsetting what was, in fact, uh, to sort of put a number on it, Jason, a twenty six percent decline uh, in China. So they needed everything else uh, to do as well as it did to make up for that uh, shortfall in China. But indeed, uh, they got that, which, as you said, uh, ended up resulting in a a small uh, year-over-year improvement. And while we're in Korea, let's talk about Asiana. They had uh, similar results. The second quarter saw a 3% operating margin. That was a two-point improvement year-over-year. Did cargo carry the day here as well? Yeah, 23% uh, rise in cargo revenues, uh, 9% rise in total revenues. So, uh, uh, you know, so, so yeah, it, it, it uh, certainly helped drive that. And as you, as you mentioned, sort of a, a more dramatic improvement for Asiana uh, compared to the same quarter year earlier, even if in the absolute, they're still not doing uh, as well as as Korean Air. Um, and, you know, in terms of their prospects, I mean, look, Korean Air has, has won... You know, if all goes well here, uh, one thing to be very excited about, and that's their uh, forthcoming joint venture with Delta. Um, you know, if, if that goes as well as other Delta joint ventures have gone around the world, um, that that could be very helpful for a Korean. Uh, and, and to be clear, I should say, I mean, not just Delta joint venture. I mean, these joint ventures in general have been have been uh, have been very successful. Uh, look, Americans with Japan Airlines united with All Nippon, uh, as well as the you know, their joint ventures with the European carriers, um, with their European partners. So, uh, and the problem for Asiana um, is 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 precisely what I just mentioned: the fact that American has one in, in that general neighborhood in Northeast Asia. United has one. Um, so, you know, whereas Korean uh, always could sort of uh, go back to Delta because Delta didn't have a partner and wasn't going to have a powerful Japanese partner. ASEAN is kind of the odd man looking out here in, in, in uh, the, among among those airlines in that part of the world. So, you know, no prospect for anything quite like what uh, what JAL, ANA, or, or now uh, Korean have uh, so uh, uh, you know difficult to be as optimistic in terms of obvious levers for them to uh, to continue improving things at Asiana as 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 it is for uh, for Korean Air. So the second quarter was a success, but what about now? As you said, this was all before the fire and the fury rhetoric from our esteemed U.S. president. Do you have any sense of what that is doing to the bookings for the Korean carriers in the third quarter? I don't. You know, no, nobody has has uh, indicated anything yet. Uh, my my. my- Guess would be uh, no no dramatic uh, fall off. I'm sure there's somebody out there. You know, whenever there's 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 instability, you know, there's going to be somebody out there who's who's not booking a trip that they would have otherwise booked. But uh, you know, as long as the world continues believing that this is, you know, however unnecessarily precarious 
it all might be that it is indeed you know just just talk and as long as there are reports out there that you know u.s forces don't seem to be positioning themselves for a war or anything as indeed uh you know most most credible reports say um i i don't think uh that that that's going to be a a uh that's going to have a major impact uh, on these carriers, even though you know the question is a fair one because obviously there are uh, probably no carriers in the world as exposed uh, to you know any further escalation intentions as as are these carriers. Let's take a moment to thank our sponsor, IATA Training. Did you know that 36 million new aviation-related jobs will be needed in the next two decades? Offering over 350 aviation-related courses, IATA can help you take advantage of this huge opportunity and boost your career. And even better, if you register more than three months in advance, you can save 20% on course fees. Terms and conditions apply. Visit IATA.org training for details and start shaping your career in aviation. That iata.org slash training. Things are going well in Europe, which is a sentence we haven't said very often in recent years. Lufthansa reported second quarter earnings, uh, which included an 11% operating profit margin. Double digits in the second quarter is pretty good. In fact, the airline said it had its best first half in the company's history. What's going right for Lufthansa? Most of its airline units, by the way, um, you know, not just Swiss, which always does well, not just mainline Lufthansa, which, by the way, this time did even better than Swiss, uh, uncharacteristically. But, uh, you know, Brussels Airlines um, made a little bit of money in, in, in the second quarter. All of the key home markets are just places where, you know, I'm talking Germany, Switzerland, Austria, you know, the economy's doing well. And, you know, even though obviously that uh, entire corridor was before Air Berlin's bankruptcy filing. I mean, everything that happened before uh, this past Tuesday was was before that. You know, the, the, the Air Berlin's problems have uh, you know, although on one hand it means you know excess capacity that uh, Lufthansa would just as soon do without. Those problems have uh, have have generally benefited Lufthansa, as have the problems at uh, at Alitalia, another uh, former benef- benefactor of of, uh, of Etihad Largesse. Um, and uh, look, uh, the, the the struggles at Turkish. I mean, notwithstanding the fact that they're turning around, as as we mentioned, the struggles at the Gulf carriers, which uh, uh, you know, by all appearances continue. Uh, you know, all all of that is uh, is helpful. And 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 this is an airline where, as opposed to U.S. carriers, where uh, labor costs are rising, and that's you know that that's perhaps a long-term threat to their uh, fortunes. Lufthansa, that's not really the case. I mean, you know, look, they have a new pilot contract, um, but uh, you know, wages are going up just one percent annually, um, and and that's an exchange for you know increased productivity, uh, moving from a uh, defined benefit toward a defined contribution pension plan, and all that sort of thing. So uh, you know, their 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 costs are very much in check. The revenue environment is uh, is uh, is solid, and um, yeah, it's it's uh, they're they're doing uh, very well. Just just a much more optimistic feeling among the at least the the, the the rather strong European airlines than had been the case not long ago. Air France KLM, which had an 8% operating profit margin in the second quarter, was clearly a laggard compared to IAG and Lufthansa, but they were nonetheless pretty happy with their 8%. Can you explain that? Yeah, first of all, it was a big improvement uh, from from five percent a year earlier. So, uh, yeah, you know, the, 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 for for an airline that had been 
putting up just just you know very uninspiring margins um you know even in a quarter that should usually be okay like second quarter uh that eight percent for them is just uh relatively a really good story uh klm by the way 12 percent margin uh so you know they're doing just fine um if you look around the 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 company uh air Air france was you know was much lower at at five percent but that was an improvement uh, from a year earlier and actually uh the the biggest turnaround uh, within the group was was uh was Transavia uh they had been negative 4% a year earlier they went to positive 8% uh, so so that's a big deal obviously a smaller unit than than those other two but uh but but very important um you know labor relations there are improving that's a big deal uh e- uh, econ- or geographies rather that had been problematic. So I'm talking about Latin America. I'm talking about Asia. I mentioned before the uh, you know the, the Asian tourists staying away from from Paris in particular uh, improved a lot. Premium revenues in particular uh, were uh, improved more than economy revenues. Uh, ancillary revenues. I mean, look, it's you know this is Air France Calum. It's not Ryanair. They're never going to count as much on ancillary revenues as as uh, as a short haul low cost carrier. But uh, you know those two were up ten percent for the company. Uh, and so uh, yeah, just just uh, you know everything uh, seems to be going well. And and this is a company with a lot more to look forward to. You know now joining with Virgin Atlantic, uh, they'll have uh, you know if all goes well from a regulatory perspective, one giant joint venture with uh, with Delta. Um, you know growing closer to. China Eastern and and uh, Jet Airways and so forth. Um, yeah, the, a, a company that's that 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 is feeling a lot better uh, than it has been feeling over the past several years. And to round out the European legacy carriers, we come to IAG, the parent company of British Airways, Iberia, Vueling, and Aer Lingus. And as we've come to expect in recent years, IAG was the clear winner here with a fourteen percent operating profit margin. Is it all because of level? <laughs> I, I assume that's a joke, right, Jason? It's a joke, and there's nothing wrong with level. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it's most certainly not all because of level, and not only because level um, first launched in June near the end of the uh, the quarter, and, and, and not only because level's still tiny, so it obviously can't drive profits there, uh, probably also because level will 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 probably never be, uh, uh, you know... A source of giant profits uh, for the company, being the sort of more of the defensive uh, uh, unit that that it is. You know, IAG's way to compete against Norwegian and so forth. Uh, it is. I mean, look, it, it, what what it is partly because of is the Easter date shift. Uh, Easter shifted into the second quarter this year, which was very helpful uh, for the European carriers. Uh, so, so you know, all, all of these margins, and it's true for for Everett's Kalman and Lufthansa as well, uh, did better than they they would have otherwise been. So that explained part of the improvement, but not all of it. And look, on the other hand, they suffered, IAG did, un, uh, unnaturally from uh, that big IT meltdown at, at British Airways. I mean, that cost them about $90 million. Um, so if not for that, you know, they they would have done better. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's a company that's doing very well. Um, you know, Aer Lingus, uh, I mean, that, that, that was just a home run. I suppose they would say a, a goal. It's, you know, this this airline is is performing very very well. But uh, but so is British Airways. So is uh, Iberia. Voiling, if anything, is the one that has has uh, sort of 
you know, historically a very strong airline, but uh, um, slipped a little bit, um, you know, had some severe operational issues, so it had to slow its growth. Um, but uh, but yeah, look, they're they're uh, they're poised to benefit from whatever happens here with uh, what remains of Air Berlin. And, uh, uh, yeah, you know, and, and like Lufthansa and Air France KLM, uh, you know, they don't have, unlike the U.S. carriers, they don't have uh, the threat of rapidly rising labor costs. And what they do have, unlike those other two, are labor costs that are already uh, lower uh, uh, than, than Air France KLM and Lufthansa. So, uh, so competitive labor costs uh, for, a, a, uh, for a rather complicated legacy uh, European airline company. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, obviously a lot to uh, think about here, a lot to worry about with Brexit uh, and, and uh, other challenges in the world. But uh, for the moment, uh, IAG doing very, very well. In your answer just now, did you mention the Easter shift? Oh, maybe once or twice or yeah, 10 I times. I think you did. Uh, I was... Uh just as an aside, I happen to notice in our last episode, we made it through all those U.S. Airlines earnings reports without mentioning the Easter shift, which I just found, you know, a little uh, pretty remarkable. Um, some uh, airline earnings report geekdom going on here. All right. Uh, saving the best for last, Ryanair had a great second quarter. Fantastic uh, operating profit margin was laughably high, 24%. That was up from 18% the year prior. But even more, even a more striking number might be Ryan's load factor, 96%. And of course, load factor doesn't equate the profits. You could you could have really full planes of people paying nothing and not make money. But in Ryanair's case, uh, you know, it's all part of the strategy. It is a load factor driven revenue management strategy, which a lot of low cost carriers use. The idea being that you know you do fill the plane with people who hopefully are paying as as much as they're willing to pay, but you bias toward being willing to take somebody who you know that sort of last marginal passenger who isn't paying all that much, knowing that they likely will uh, buy other optional you know products and services uh, from the airline. And and uh, you know in, in, in Ryanair's case, it it all works out uh, very very well. Now they too uh, you know have a big piece of that improvement. You mentioned it from eighteen percent to twenty four percent in operating margin was due to yes the Easter shift. You know the the, the, the obviously it wasn't only it uh, revenues up thirteen percent on costs up only five percent all that on on a twelve percent increase in capacity. So you know great cost performance. Now now some of that was due to the fact that they had sort of paid unnaturally a lot for fuel a year earlier because of uh, of uh, bad hedges. Uh, so they got the benefit of falling fuel prices uh, more than other airlines got. In fact, some airlines you know, paid paid more for fuel. So uh, you know, so so that was um, you know, kind of an easy comparison for them that others wouldn't have had. But this is an airline that just sees uh, um, uh, opportunity uh, everywhere it looks, um, and you know it's 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 an airline that has managed to do more in terms of appealing to corporate travelers and all of that, but without distracting itself from from the from the core of of what it does well. It's uh, you know it's it's now looking at interlining you know maybe Norwegian Air Lingus um, and. and but again, it, 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 it just seems to have figured out how to 
how to get into those sorts of things without um, distracting itself from what makes money for the airline, which is not something you could say of, of well, I just mentioned Norwegian, for example, um, or Air Berlin, you know, which long ago got into all kinds of other businesses that uh, never worked out for the airline. Um, Ryanair, when it when it does something to make somebody happy, it's uh, whatever it does. The, the, it, it's it, it's generally pretty sure that whatever it's doing is going to flow uh, straight to the bottom line. And uh, so, yeah, an airline that's uh, that's still doing extraordinarily well and has really reestablished itself. I mean, it, 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 it's it's always been a most, among the most profitable airlines in Europe. But there was a point when EasyJet was starting to perhaps nip at Ryanair's heels. And now when you look at, uh, at the results, Ryanair very clearly still... Uh, the most profitable, if anything, Wizz Air uh, is is uh, the strongest contender in terms of a uh, number two, but not close to Ryanair in terms of the margins it puts up. Okay, so we've just talked about a few airlines, all of whom doing pretty well, and I'm wondering, what do you make of the European airlines air uh, the airline space? Uh, could Europe be at the beginning of a shall we say extended upswing, similar to what we've seen in the U.S. You know, let's see what happens here with with uh, with Air Berlin. You know, in terms of whether most of the capacity stays around as something else, or whether you know whether there's there's a real rationalization there, uh, because uh, the the reason it's hard to imagine things being as good and stable as long in Europe as they've been in the U.S. is because of how many more players there are. There there are. What ten or eleven, you know, somewhat major U.S. airline. I mean, I think you know, the, the Sun Country is probably the 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 eleventh largest U.S. airline or something, eleventh or twelfth U.S. largest. Airline. And I mean, it's the smallest one any almost anybody can name. Certainly outside of of of, of the U.S. Whereas in Europe, you know, you can name airlines. You know, Air Baltic is 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 probably the I think it's like the fortieth largest <laughs> European airline. You can name it. Yeah, you know, there, there's no such thing as a fortieth largest uh, U.S. airline or a twentieth largest. Um, so so it's still a much more fragmented space. Um, some of that just for natural reasons. Um, you, you know, it it is just a more culturally and politically fragmented you know, place with, with more of these sort of overlapping, uh, yeah, I mentioned earlier, you know, what is Turkish airlines? Is it European or not? Well, whatever it is, it, you know, competes for a lot of the same, uh, passengers in ways that you don't quite have, uh, in the U S. So I guess the, the short answer is that it's hard to imagine things going as well for European airlines without something else major changing, uh, as well as they've gone for U S airlines. But, um, but look a decade ago, you know, uh, half the U.S. airlines were bankrupt, and the airlines in Europe were doing much better. So, uh, you know, so so uh, we've um, and and I would be lying if I predict if I could if I told you I predicted then uh, that that uh, U.S. airlines would be doing as well uh, as they're doing now. So uh, so stranger things have happened. And we'll wrap with that. But before we go, a bit of housekeeping. Our next episode won't be until September 6th, as the Airline Weekly staff takes its annual summer break. Until then, the Airline Weekly Lounge is closed. Thanks for listening. This episode of the Airline Weekly Lounge was sponsored by IATA Training. Visit www.iata.org training to discover more than 350 courses to help boost your career in aviation. That's IATA.org training.